And I've brought, you know, a, a quote by Dick Nathan who says, we are here to awaken from the illusion of our separateness. And I think Ekutuleni is, you know, helping to make that possible by giving people uh, a safe place, you know, to come to and, and guidance and, and support in, you know, allowing that information to infiltrate the delusional whales, you know, of cognitive and emotional delusions which we are all carrying. And if we want to see more clearly and connect with the way things truly are, we have to engage in practices which remove those uh, layers, you know, like Kitisaro and Tanisara offering those, uh, the breath work, you know, which works maybe more with the emotional uh, layers of delusion. And there is also cognitive layers. And I today would like to introduce to you a, a guided meditation on the elements and then connecting it up with the seven factors of awakening, which is more going uh, against the so-called uh, cognitive delusions, where we experience ourselves as separate entities in a, you know, walking through the landscape and having to protect ourselves and having to make sure we get enough of this and not so much of that. To just break through that is a lot of work, but it can be done, you know, step by step. And in Buddhist terms, you know, that means, you know, realizing not self, anatta, or emptiness, sunyata, to, to realize that in our own experience through these practices, you know, which are over 2,600 years old, but they are as, you know, as current as they have been then, because that hasn't changed. Our bodies are still made up of the elements and are, constantly you know there is no internal and external and that is what we need to realize and once we have really realized that more fully our actions will change also that's the hope you know so i see you know the evolutionary dictate of our time to be this holistic approaching of everything we do in life and to, you know, to become whole, which is like the same root of the word of the word holy, comes from becoming whole, healing, really. And really fully understanding and embodying where we are actually coming from, you know, because we are coming, we are part of this planet, we are not extra on top of it or something, we are part of it. And there's a constant exchange happening. And I... I really love that from the Vajrayana tradition, that saying, you know, our illusory body is a riding animal, which we borrow from the elements for a while, make good use, and when the time comes, we give it back, we give it up. So it's a riding animal, you know, for consciousness, so that consciousness can evolve. Without a body, it would be much more difficult. Because of this body, you know, we are in relationship with other bodies, you know, bodies of human beings and bodies of animals and trees and waters and everything. And through that, you know, we have to grow in relationship. And that's exactly what we are missing this in this day and age. We are missing the capacity for relationship and we are not interested in it you know we are rather looking at a screen 
and there's something really extremely um, disconnected and it's getting more and more disconnected because of a certain kind of progress, you know, which is happening, the material progress, but which is not serving us really in the way we were assuming it would. So, you know, this element meditation will help us to shift our identity from, you know, being only concerned with me, me, me to a much more universal identity, you know, for example, you know, really understanding ourselves to be part of this planet. And so that leads to a deconstruction of what we understand us, you know, what, what I understand myself to be. And, you know, more and more understanding ourselves to be part of this very mysterious process, you know, which we call uh, life or planet Earth, or however we want to call it, to just really deeply have that resonate into our bodies and minds and hearts, that we are part of it. We are not just walking on the top of the planet around, and then it's not like that. We have been born out of it. And the word Dhamma means, means actually nature. It's one of the translations of the word Dhamma means truth, the teaching of the Buddha, but it also can be translated as nature or it can be also translated as birthplace of truth. So connecting with nature brings about truth. And in the Thai language, the word natural, the current word used is Dhammachat, which means born from nature. So it's very, very profound and very, very simple at the same time. And that's why it easily escapes us. And we have to make a real concerted effort through doing those uh, meditations to realize it. It just doesn't come from just reading it in a book or hearing it from someone. But it has to be repeated again and again through those practices. And then it's slowly but surely and it's going to sink in and it will change us and then we will be different. We'll be more in sync with reality. And uh, so those practices, you know, which the Buddha has uh, left behind for us, they are prescriptive. They tell us, you know, what to do in order to understand. He doesn't tell us what is what, he does not describe truth, but he rather gives us practices so that we can realize it for ourselves. Because only then we will be changed through the, you know, letting go of those cognitive and emotional layers of delusion which we have been accumulating, you know, over lifetimes and this lifetime also, you know, through our conditioning from our parents who also were, of course, enlightened, you know. So to just, uh, you know, be interested enough to take a look in a, in a complete radical different way than we're usually looking at our experience. And, uh, you know, feeling enriched through that because we are 
connecting to something much bigger than ourselves. And that gives a sense of uh, refuge and a sense of richness, you know, which doesn't come from getting what you want, but it comes from letting go, really. Because if there is a sense of enrichment, then letting go is much easier. It's an automatic response, really. Letting go of grasping. Because grasping comes from fear of not having enough, you know, of being a separate body in a hostile universe, having to defend and having to make sure that we get this and get that. So it's a very profound approach, you know, of just pulling out some of those layers of delusion and then dropping deeper, dropping much deeper into connection with the way things are. And, you know, that can be called a, a religious practice because the word relig religion comes from the word ligare, which means to connect, to bind. And religare, where the word religion comes from, means to reconnect. To reconnect to something which we value, to something which we are willing, you know, to bow down to and which we want to serve. And the word religion is not very, you uh, know, kind of um, popular, I think, also for me, you know, but that's what, what it means. I have looked it up um, yesterday again. It's a very, very beautiful word, and it has just been really, gotten really um, dragged down, you know, because of human beings you know, not really being able to live up to, to the promise of it. But still, I, I love that word because that's exactly what we need to do, to reconnect to something much bigger than ourselves. And, uh, you know, I want to guide us now in a, in a guided meditation on the elements. And then afterwards, I bring in the seven factors of awakening, which increases the potential for insight. And I start with a, a poem from a uh, um, contemporary um, adaptation of poems from the early Buddhist nuns, which is based on the Derikata. And the poem is called Chenta, Conqueror. And she says, I was forever getting lost. Until one day the Buddha told me, this, sorry, until one day the Buddha told me, to walk this path, you will need seven friends. And that's the seven factors of awakening. Mindfulness, curiosity, courage, joy, calm, stillness and perspective. For many years, these friends and I have traveled together sometimes wandering in circles, sometimes taking the long way around. There were days when I thought I couldn't go on. There were days when I thought I was finally beaten. It's scary to give all of yourself to just one thing. What if you don't make it? Oh, my heart, you don't have to go it alone. Train yourself to train just a little more gently. 
And this is those seven factors of awakening which we have all already in our heart and mind. It's a potential you know, which we can choose to develop. So let's start with the guided meditation now. And find a posture you can sustain for about 35 minutes or so, 30 to 35 minutes. And check in, you know, the condition of your body and your mind. How are you here right now? And then, before we go any further, bring your motivation, your aspiration to mind. Why have you, you know, joined us today? So now we're going to start with some body scans. You know, in order to, to monitor the elements as they are experienced in the body. And we start from the top of the head, scanning down to the feet and then scanning back up. And we do a few rounds like this to just really arrive here. And there's no need for you, you know, to effort to feel anything particular. It's just enough to know that in the part of the body I'm mentioning, there is hardness or there is softness or what, whatever I'm going to guide you. So you don't have to make an effort to try to do something particular or you know think about it, what, what that means. Just following the guidance and that will speak for itself. It's very, very simple. So we can just start with, uh, you know, becoming aware of our teeth and the hardness of the teeth. Just maybe put your teeth together a little bit and feel the hardness. That's earth element, hardness, structure, or softness can also be the opposite. So the whole body is permeated by earth element. And we just start now to scan from the top of the head, noticing hardness or softness, structure. Top of the head, coming down over the head to the neck. And then both shoulders, hardness, structure, the bones in the body. And then upper arms, lower arms, and hands, the hands of many little bones, hardness structure, 
earth element. And then the trunk of the body with the rib cage in there and the spine. Earth element. Then the pelvis, earth element. Upper legs with the big bones, thigh bones, earth element. Lower legs, earth element. And the feet, earth element, with many little bones again. So we're becoming aware that the whole body is permeated by earth element. Earth element, just like it is in the mountains and rocks outside. Earth element internally and earth element externally is exactly the same. Earth element is empty of a self. And you know, and if we don't take in earth element from outside for one or two months, this body cannot sustain itself. So there's a constant exchange happening. And now we're going to feel, you know, where we are sitting on the chair or the cushion and feeling the gravity, you know, being pulled, earth element being pulled to earth element, the planet. And, you know, relaxing into that pull of gravity. And, you know, letting all of the tensions in the body sink into the ground. Sink into the earth. And there's also cohesion there because if there wouldn't be cohesion, it would be only quicksand we are sitting on. And cohesion is a water element. Fluidity and cohesion. And our bodies, they consist about 75% of water. And in particular, you know, we can notice the water element in our mouth, in our eyes, but also throughout the whole flesh. The flesh is permeated by blood, which is water element. So we just start at the feet, both feet, and noticing water element is there. 
and then we are scanning up from the feet to the lower legs, water element. Upper legs, water element. A hip area, water element. Trunk, water element. Hands, water element. Lower arms, water element. Upper arms, water element. Shoulders, water element. Neck, water element. And the head, water element. Water in element internally and water element externally is exactly the same. The lakes and the rivers, oceans and the rains, water element. And if we don't, you know, take in water element for three days, the body shuts down, can no longer function because it needs to have about 75% of water element in order to function. So this body is permeated by water element. And water element is empty of a self. And in order for the water element to maintain its bodily functions, it needs to have a certain range of temperature. If it's too cold, it freezes. If it's too hot, it evaporates. So that brings us to the next element, which is the fire element, which is hot and cold. Temperature in relationship to the outside, heating and cooling, if it's too hot, we tend to turn on the air condition. If it's too cold, we turn on the heating. Because we can live for an unlimited time only in a certain temperature range as human beings, which is about 4 to 35 degrees Celsius. So now we're becoming aware of fire element, which is mainly experienced on the skin, outside where it meets the outside temperature, but also in the mouth, under the arms, 
who are maybe the, the portions of the body where you wear clothes as opposed to the portions of the body where you don't. So let's start on the top of the head. Fire element. And also fire element stands also for maturing. You know, as we get older, the skin starts to dry up and becomes wrinkly. Fire element at the neck. Both shoulders. Upper arms. Fire element. Lower arms. Fire element. And hands. Torso. Fire element. Hip area, fire element. Upper legs, fire element. Lower legs, fire element. And hands um, and feet, fire element. This body is permeated by fire element. And we need a certain range of temperature in order to live. And this fire element is coming from the sun. And, you know, we take in the fire element in terms of heating and cooling where we use uh, energy which is originally coming from the sun. Either it's solar energy or in form of um, coal or oil which is also just old um, growth plants you know, which have been growing because of the sun and then they transform into coals and oil. And warmth and heat is actually just motion. which is permeating our whole body and fire element empty of a self. So heat and is just a certain wavelength of motion. And that brings us to the next element, wind element.
which stands for movement, expansion and pressure. And in our body we can uh, witness it through the blood circulation and uh, particularly the breath. And the constant movement, the oscillation of the cells, you know, which we can become aware of. We're starting at the feet, wind element. Lower legs, wind element. Upper legs, wind element. Hips, wind element. Feeling the movement of the breathing in the torso, wind element. Hands, wind element. Lower arms, wind element. Upper arms, wind element. Shoulders, wind element. Neck, wind element. And head, wind element. Wind element internally and wind element externally are exactly the same. There's no difference. Wind element is empty of a self. So through this practice, you know, the conditionality becomes very clear, the dependence, interdependence, interbeing, like uh, Thich Nhat Hanh called it. It's a very beautiful way of capturing that truth, interbeing. So the meditation on the elements interrupts the belief in internal and external. So now becoming aware of the breathing. Which is wind element the most important one because if you don't breathe for three minutes the body cannot sustain itself. I'm pointing the mind to the present moment by being aware of the breathing.
You're probably noticing, you know, that you are really in the body right now because of those body scans. They really help to settle the mind into the body. And that is already the first factor of awakening, mindfulness, sati. Which means re to remember is one of the translations of this word. It's a female noun, actually, in the Pali language. To remember that you are here. How you are here. And paying attention to the breathing, showing an interest in the process of breathing in the body, that's already the second factor of awakening, which is investigation, or Dhamma Vichaya in the Pali language, interest, in investigation, curiosity, second factor of awakening. And then staying with the breathing process, staying with the body that needs some energy, which is the third factor of awakening, energy or virya in the Pali language. So we already have the first three factors of awakening present, but just paying attention to the breath in a sustained way. Mindfulness, investigation of dhammas or interest and energy. Sati, Dhammavichaya and Virya. Just being aware of the whole body breathing. process of the elements and you know letting go of tensions letting it all drop into the ground and becoming aware of that subtle sense of joy or contentment which is present if we are in the present moment. Not, you know, running after this or after that, but just being where we are, how we are. The simplicity of sitting and breathing in and breathing out. That subtle joy that is the fourth factor of awakening, pity, joy. Maybe it's just very, very subtle, but we can notice it if we pay attention. You know? And if you can't notice any joy, maybe you can reflect on the great good fortune that you have found the path. 
that you have a sense of direction, which you can always fall back onto any moment you remember it. So in a mind which is joyful and a body which experiences joy calms down. That is the next factor of awakening. The fifth one which is calm or pasadi in the Pali language. You know, as soon as the joy kicks in, the following uh, three factors, they just are a natural result of joy. So calmness or pasadi is a natural uh, result of joy. And if the mind is joyful, you know, the fragmentation disappears and samadhi appears, which is... Uh, Stability of the mind, unification of the mind. Stillness, composure, collectedness. No looking for anything else, just being okay to just be here. So now we have six factors of awakening. Sati, mindfulness. Dhammavichaya, interest. Virya, energy. Piti, joy. Pasadi, calm. Samadhi, stability, collectedness of mind. So connected and spacious at the same time. And also balanced. That's the last of the factors of awakening upeka or equipoise. So this equipoise is the consummation of all the other six awakening factors. It's a bird's eyes view on this, on our situation. For example, a mind, you know, which has those seven factors of awakening present, a mind like this can connect with the fact, you know, that we are human beings and at the same time we are part of something much bigger than ourselves. We can know both at the same time. We have the, the big view. A deepening and widening. And the mind which is in that condition, you know, is capable to have stronger mindfulness and then more interest arises and more energy arises is like a, a a spiral you know which goes deeper and deeper into reality connects us deeper and deeper with the way things are
And then a mind like this pays attention to impermanence. You know, paying attention to very particular features of our experience, which are liberating if we really pay attention to those features. For example, through the uh, elements meditation, we were seeing, you know, there internally and externally is just concepts. There is no real internal and external. And now we're paying attention to impermanence. Just constant changingness. And the, you know, the answer of the heart and mind which sees impermanence is letting go. Because, you know, through that seeing of impermanence, uh, letting go of clinging is happening. So this uh, witnessing of impermanence washes away the clinging. Viraga is that called in Pali. Raga means to color and viraga means to discolor, like washing a cloth, you know, which has a big stain. If you wash it many, many times, the stain is going to be released slowly. And that's the same, you know, what we are doing with our minds and hearts. Those cognitive layers of delusion are released through pointing the mind towards the way things truly are. Pointing the mind through to look at particular features of our experience we usually don't look at. We need to train ourselves to pay attention in that manner. And then what we start to see, we start to see the ending of things much more clearly because we no longer glued onto our conditioning in the same way. Through the washing away of clinging, we can see the ending of things. We can see the whole spectrum of the way things truly are. They are rising, then they are there for some time, and then they cease again. It's called neuroda, the Pali language. The cutting edge, really, of... Uh, Impermanence, the disappearance of things, the going back to where they come from and then arising again. And once you know that bigger process is witnessed often enough and deep enough, there's a letting go of fear. And then when there is less fear, there's less grasping. And when there is less grasping, there is less dukkha. And when there is less dukkha, there is more capacity for seeing clearly. And so on and so forth. It's a process. And then, you know, the response of the mind is to turn away from grasping. Because it makes no sense to hold on to that which is impermanent. And my first teacher, Ajahn Buddha Dasa, he was always saying, you know, throwing it all back to nature. 
the rightful owner of all of this. Throwing it all back. Or he was saying tossing it all back. Tossing it all back. Which is letting go. You know, and then the mind, there's a temporary liberation of the mind from clinging. As a you know, little taste of the final goal of complete letting go, Nibbana, awakening. And while you're continuing with your meditation, I'd like to close with a blessing chant, which is actually a healing chant, an ancient healing chant in Pali on the seven factors of awakening, the seven Bojanga. And I'd like to, to dedicate that healing chant to all of you, to Ekutuleni and the Sangha of Ekutuleni, and particular Sumeda and Noon, to the planet of which we all part of and to the whole universe just healing and especially to our, our species of homo sapiens you know that we truly might live up to our name to really be wise humans homo sapiens sapiens we have a very long way to go but we have a path Bojango satisankato Dhammanang vichayodata viriyang Pitipasati bojanga Chatata pare samadupeka bojanga Satete sabatasina munina samadakata Pavita Pahulikata Sangvatantia Pinyaya Nipa Naya Chapodia Etena Satchavachena Sotite Hotusabata Ekasaming Samayenato Mogalanan Kilane du kite diswa bochange satate sayite chatang apinantitwa rogamu chim sutang kane etena satchava chena sotite hotu sabata Ekata tamaracha pikelanena pipilito chunda terena tane vapana petvana satarang samotitvacha apata tanghavuta sitana so etena satchavachena sotite Hotu sabata pahinate chapata 
Dinanam pimahe sinang maka hatakile sabapatamu patitam matang etena satchavachena sotite hotu sabada. May you have every good blessing, may all the devas protect you. By the power of all the Buddhas, may you ever be well. May you have every good blessing, may all the devas protect you. By the power of all the Dhamma, may you ever be well. May you have every good blessing, may all the devas protect you. By the power of all the Sangha, May you ever be well. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.